Well, happy Friday, guys. I am in immense pain. Everything hurts inside. Welcome, guys. My name is DK. In this video, we're going to be talking about the six-game NBA DFS slate on DraftKings. Also, cover content for PiSpix Underdog and Parlay Play. Guys, if you're not on Parlay Play, you can use the link down below for a $100 deposit match bonus, or you can use the code DKDFS. It's a prop site where you're building out slips of player pops. Uh, you can build two, three, four, like a ton of player pops. You can go up to 75x your money. So if you guys want to give it a try and use that link, if you do deposit and click the link, this helps support the channel. And if you're looking for more content for DFS or for prop stuff, you can check my Patreon link down below. So we can start with the player prop stuff, and I just can't. I can't. I can't. I literally can't. Have Giannis over first half fantasy score. It's absolutely smashing. Three quick ones. Rides the bench for the rest of the half. Ten first half minutes for Giannis. Hooks me a couple points away. Have Gobert under fantasy score. Looking good. It's a block at the end of the game. Somehow the Jazz is like, 30-point underdogs keep it competitive. Okongwu under eight rebounds. Better believe Capella's getting in random massive foul trouble. Extended minutes for Okongwu. I take unders on the Seahawks. Finally play a defense. I've literally never played a defense since the BC. Since BC, I've never played a defense. Finally play a defense, Cowboys D. Seahawks put up 50 points. Take unders on the Seahawks. Insane game from Geno. MVP type game from Geno Smith. I literally, and just, I, I can't describe the pain. And then DFS, right? Just need like 15 fancy points from James Harden in the second half. Win a tournament. Win a GPP. I have low on James Harden. Need like an average half from him. Turns into a ghost. Nothing. Stands in the corner. Very nice, uh, nice day of basketball for free square Kyle Anderson. Can someone explain to me? I mean, did he? What happened? What? Ha I, I need to actually look at this box score again. What happened? Okay. 19 minutes. All right. Okay. Okie dokie. So, you mean to tell me this man is playing like 25 minutes a night with a fully healthy team? But you take away McDaniels, you take away Anthony Edwards, and he plays 19 minutes. Deshaun Nix almost played more than Kyle Anderson. Deshaun Nix, and I mean this in a very respectful way, might be the worst NBA player. I have ever seen take the court. Okay? 
and he almost played as much as Kyle Anderson. Deshaun Nix. Just need an average game from Harden in the second half, man. And he just disappears. Turns into a ghost. $5,000 could have won. So, let's talk about my strategy for tonight. Basically, my thoughts were, and I would talk about this a lot in the Patreon stream. There was a few things, a few hot takes that I had. Number one, I had no idea. I mean, I don't know. This is not even after the fact because this was, you were in the Patreon stream, you knew. I had no idea why Moses Moody was 30% owned and Kaminga was literally 0.5%. It's not even after the fact. I said that before. Kaminga is the much better point per minute guy of the two. I was projecting those two for similar minutes. I was expecting like mid 20s minutes for both. And someone, like, I don't know. Why? Why did no one want Jonathan Kaminga? Was it because he went for zero fancy points last game? Is that why? Seriously, like, I don't understand. Kaminga, much better point per minute guy of the two between him and Moody. Why no one wanted Kaminga and everyone wanted Moody. It did not make sense. So we talked about it on the Patreon stream. Felt good about that. Um, you know, he's my favorite GVP play of the night. He absolutely smashed and chalk Moody was a boss. So that worked out in a big way. Another one of the stands I had, and I told people on the Patreon stream, you either go one way or the other with the Minnesota Utah game. I was playing for the blowout. I was like, okay, I'm going to play for the blowout. I'm going to push my chips all into this Atlanta San Antonio game. So I played Trey Young, almost 80 fancy points. Played unowned Keldon Johnson and Jeremy Sohan. They both absolutely smashed um, and then uh, Claxton was a guy I was not fading. Uh, he was someone I was prioritizing. And then I had the Bulls. It was a wild slate, right, with all the late news. But here's the reason I went to Io. I was honestly, I had no confidence. It's why the Bulls won this game. Someone explained to me how they won. I didn't watch it, but how? No Levine, no DeRozan. I was like, all right. Here's the thing with Io. He closed the last game in a blow. That was the reason I was high on Io because he was starting. I said, either way, this man's going to play big minutes, whether it's his competitive or if the game blows out. Uh, so I felt safe going to Io, and he smashed. So, yeah, that was that was recap. Then I went to Harden at low ownership, who did nothing in the second half. But, uh, yeah, so I took a stand. Again, went pretty underweight to that Utah-Minnesota game, even though it did stay competitive. I was playing for the ball in that game. I went heavy in Atlanta and San Antonio. The Spurs guys, basically unowned in Keldon Johnson and Jeremy Sohan. I uh, ate the chalk of Claxton. I got ate the chalk of Trey Young. Um, but, yeah, got different in obviously a few spots here, right? Got different with Spurs, got different with unowned Kaminga, and it got different with Harden. So I honestly thought I had a very good shot to win this. And I uh, definitely was the odd, odds on favorite at halftime. But again, Harden just absolute, just lays an egg in the second half. Incredible stuff, man. Incredible stuff. So, yeah, still won $700. So it's not the end of the world, but I really thought I was going to win this. I really thought I was going to be $5,000 richer. Uh, no, only $700. So that's the recap there, guys. Uh, all right, let's talk about the six-game slate. We'll start off with Washington and Orlando. Washington, this team, 
it they just they just cause me pain every time I have to talk about them. Kyle Kuzma, 8.5K, the guy that's been the most consistent. Good team mid 30s minutes if the game stays competitive. That is a big if, though, because this team is awful. So I like the ceiling on Kuzma. Jordan Poole, I mean, this guy's got to be He's got to be trolling out there. Um, obviously, he's still in play for tournaments. He's gone for uh, basically 35 fans points now in four of the last five games. But I just have no faith in this Wizards team. Danny Advia, 6.4K, feels priced about right. Tyus Jones, the minutes are all over the place on him. Daniel Gafford, one of the only bigs that they do have. I would expect him to play. You know, high 20s minutes makes him a reasonable play. I just The rest of this team is just... Kulabale probably sees 25 to 30 minutes of 4.5. You got this disgusting value. And I, I really mean that. Like, I, I mean that in a nice way. Just absolutely disgusting value. Corey Kispert, Corey Kispert Landry Shamit, and the absolute dust of Deneo Gallinari. Like, this team is just, it really just, like, causes me pain to talk about them. It really does. On the Magic side, it's got Bancaro, probable. Wonokar Jr. out. Markel Fultz out. Um, so you saw Bancaro lay an egg last game, and Franz went crazy. Uh, now, I like the matchup for both. It'll be interesting to see what the ownership is between these two, right? Paolo was awful last game. Franz uh, had a massive game. So, again, I'm curious to see where the ownership is in those two. If, for example, a lot of the field now wants to go to Franz Wagner because of that most recent game, then I'm going to prefer Paolo Bancaro in tournaments. So, um, you know, with the Magic Stars, I think a lot of it of what I do tomorrow is going to depend on ownership. Now, the two guards, I still have interest in. They're not as good of plays as they have been in previous slates, but 7K for Cole Anthony. He's played extremely well. I would expect high 20s minutes from him. And Jalen Suggs should play around 30 minutes as well. I think he's a little bit easier to get to factory and salary. But both the guards still viable. You're going to have Goga and Mo Wagner split the center position. Both reasonable options. I think the ceiling is a little bit higher on Gogo. You've seen a couple games where he's played 30-plus minutes in the last five. Jonathan Isaac is questionable. A few misses. Probably a few more minutes for guys like Gary Harris and Joe Ingles. All right, Philadelphia and Boston. It really just comes down to Joel. Right? If Joel Embiid plays, then I like Joel Embiid. And then everyone else would feel a bit overpriced. If Joel Embiid is out, that's where this team becomes really interesting. Because number one, there's a lot more usage to go around. But number two, you have the potential blowout against, you know, on the road against Boston. So uh, there would be, you have to make some tough calls there. But uh, Nick Batum also got injured last game. He is now back. So I expect him to go back to his normal 25 to 30 minutes. Um, Embiid himself, if he does play, like the upside in him quite a bit. Um, he has played extremely well this year. If he misses, then Maxi Harris, Melton all look really good. You would most likely get Marcus Moore starting at the five because that's what they've done the last couple games that Embiid has been out. Paul Reed would see a Mets bump off the bench. I mean, also, Philadelphia completely trolled last game. Do you guys see this? That Mo Bamba came in before Paul Reed. Mo Bamba. I played Paul Reed the last slate. I was like, is, is Paul Reed about to get a DNP? Nick Nurse was just flat-out trolling last game. But, um, yeah, like I said, it really comes down to Joel Embiid, whether or not he plays for what I'm going to do with Philadelphia. On the Boston side, no Porzingis. You should get the normal starters. Tatum, Brown, Holiday, White, and Horford. Horford, if he stays out of foul trouble, I would assume probably plays around 30 minutes, makes him a reasonable play. White, Holiday, Brown, Tatum, all more secondary plays. If you feel really good about one of these guys, sure, but um, they're all just kind of secondary options for me. Value, eh. if Hauser, 4.5K, probably pass. Pritchard, 43 don't want enough to mess with the backup bigs of Cornette or Cater or anyone like that. So talk about New York and Toronto. 
for New York, you got Randall and Brunson. We know this is where the offense is running from. Um, surprisingly, the Pistons were able to keep that game competitive uh, tonight. But um, yeah, they're playing huge minutes. So absolutely no issue with Randall or Brunson. RJ Barrett, 6.5K feels a little bit pricey. I would rather just spend up a little bit more for Brunson or Randall. Quickly, it was another one I talked about on the Patreon stream. I just didn't understand why he was projected for so much ownership. Um, and he had a letdown game. It's just like nothing was really changing. Like I thought Quickly was fine, but I didn't understand why he was projected for like 40% ownership. So he was someone I was all about the fade on. That worked out. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, 5.7K. Should see around 30 minutes. More of a secondary option for me. Josh Hart, 5-1. Probably sees 25 to 30 minutes. Again, more of a secondary option. Hartenstein will back up. Uh, Mitchell Robinson feels a bit overpriced. Talk about Toronto. So, uh, Scotty Barnes, 8.6K. Should see mid-30s minutes. He's played extremely well this year. Pascal Siakam, 8.1. Should see mid-30s minutes as well. The two main guys for Toronto, I think, are solid options. Schroeder and Pirtle, both decent options as well. Schroeder probably sees low-30s minutes. Siakam Pirtle's minutes have slowly ticked up of late. Uh, 29, 31, 35, 25, and 30 minutes over the last five games. He's about a fantasy point-per-minute player. OG Ananobi has struggled, but... He should see mid-30s minutes, makes him viable. Gary Trent Jr. probably sees somewhere in the neighborhood of like 25 minutes off the bench. If he's making his shots, we know he does have a ceiling. All right, Memphis and Dallas. So Memphis, keep an eye on the Tillman news. If he's available to play, he'll probably just split uh, time with Bismack Biembo. As far as the top two guys go, Bain and Jaron Jackson both obviously have a ceiling. Last game was a massive blowout. You still saw 36 minutes, though, for Desmond Bain. Jaron Jackson stayed out of foul trouble, played 35 minutes, so... Two main guys from Memphis like the ceiling on uh, ceiling on Aldama. I'll pass on. He moved to the bench, so I think he's overpriced. Biombo, if there's no Tillman, I think is a reasonable option. Derek Rose, I'm kind of mad that he ended up starting because he was someone I was high in as a contrarian play last night. Uh, but once he moved in the starting lineup, he became a lot more popular. Um, yeah, played 27 minutes. If he starts again, uh, sign me up for a sub 5K Derek Rose. Even though he's not the best real life player at this point in his career, he's still a good DFS player, good point per minute. David Roddy also started 4.7, played 25 minutes. I think he's a fine value play. Um, off the bench, I'll mention a couple guys. Zaire Williams, I think probably sees around 20 minutes, 4.2. Then Jalen Noel played some backup point. Uh, he shot 0 of 6, but he did play 18 minutes. And we know what we know Noel is a guy that's going to chuck when he's out there. He's got nice eligibility, so I do like him as a contrarian play. On the Dallas side, he got Hardaway, questionable, Maxi Kleber out. Luka and Kyrie. That's where the offense is running from. 11.4K for Luka, 9.1 for Kyrie. Both good plays, in my opinion. I think I might slightly prefer Luka, though, factoring in salary. Hardaway's out. I mean, these wings probably look better, but I just, I'll, I'll tell you. There is nothing, and I mean nothing, that I want to do that I, I mean, these wings, the Dallas wings, right? Good luck. Oh, that's all I'm going to say. Good luck. If you're playing one of these guys, good luck. Jason Kidd, can't trust him. Goes with the hot hand. Grant Williams, minutes up and down. Derek Jones Jr., minutes all over the place. Josh Green, minutes all over the place. So those three guys, they're in play, right? They're in play. Good luck trying to figure out which one's going to be. Good luck. You want to try to do that in the six-team slate? More power to you. I have no idea what's going to happen. They're going to go with whoever's playing the best. Good luck. That's all I'm going to say. Derek Lively, sub 5K, um, 28 minutes last game. If he stays out of foul trouble, I think he is a decent value option. But uh, yeah, let's talk about San Antonio and New Orleans. So big news is Wemba Yama. 
He is uh, uncertain to play. He did play tonight, had a nice game in 29 minutes. We know the ceiling in Wambayama. If he's out, then obviously everyone else looks better. I still played uh, Calvin Johnson and Jeremy Sohan tonight, even with Wambayama in. And well, yeah, that worked out just because, again, I was really just this game environment, right? 135 to 137. The game should have went to overtime, too. I think if the game went to overtime, I probably would have won that tournament because I had Trey Young, I had Keldon, and I had Jeremy Sohan. But yeah, basically, all the other starters look better. There's no Wembayama. Last game, you did see um, Malachi Branham start. He continued, uh, he started over Devin Vassell. Um, if there's no Wembayama, my guess is probably Champagny starts for 4.9K, and I wouldn't love that price point. Um, if there is no Wambayama, Calvin, Zach Collins, Jeremy Sohan, Vassell, Trey Jones all look a lot better. Wambayama is in, then I think all the main star- all the main Spurs are still solid, and Wambayama is still a decent tournament play. All right, New Orleans. So uh, Trey Murphy, list is questionable. Again, he has not played yet this season, but he's close to returning. Uh, Jose Alvarado, also questionable. Also, we'll keep an eye on that. Not really huge news, though. Um, CJ McCollum first came back, played 28 minutes. Probably can't do that unless we get confirmation that he's no longer on a limit. Diane and Ingram, more secondary options for me. Jonas Valanciunas, 6.8K, should see around 30 minutes. I think he's a fine tournament play, but kind of hard for me to get to anyone else, especially if Trey Murphy is back. Finally, Denver and Phoenix. Uh, Jamal Murray, questionable. Aaron Gordon is questionable. Monitor the status there. Either way, Nicole Jokic has a massive ceiling if you can afford him. Um, no matter who's in, who's out. Uh, yeah, Jokic is insane. We talk about this troll game too. I know a lot of people played Michael Porter Jr. a couple games ago when everyone is out for Denver. 3 of 13, 25 fans points. Next game, basically a fully healthy team, 30-point triple-double. I mean, if you played Michael Porter Jr. two slates ago and faded him last slate, you, you just don't deserve it. That, that is just that is pain I don't wish on my worst enemy. That is incredible. Incredible run bad. If you played Mike Porter Jr. a couple states ago and then faded him last slate, I, I really, really can't believe that. Um, but uh, yeah, if everyone's healthy outside of Jokic, probably can't get to much. If Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon miss, then we can start considering some of these secondary plays like Reggie and Mike Porter Jr. And, you know, maybe Christian Brown or Justin Holiday, guys like that. On the Phoenix side, Devin Booker, uh, he went to the locker room like 27 times last night. I know because, oh, I had his over assists and half the game. He was in the locker room. Uh, but Brad Beal's still out. So Booker's out. Then we kind of know what to do. Devin, uh, Kevin Durant would look really good at the top, become the clear go-to guy. And then Grayson Allen, Eric Gordon get a pretty significant usage bump. Nurkic, also, if he stays out of foul trouble, probably plays around 30 minutes. He would get more usage. So this whole Suns team would look a lot better if Devin Booker is out. If Devin Booker is in. I think Booker and KD are both reasonable spin-ups, more GBP plays. And then that's probably it. I don't know if I get to anyone else on Phoenix. If you think Nurkic gets in foul trouble, you can take a shot on Drew Eubanks at 4K. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the video. As always, if you do enjoy, make sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Enjoy the rest of your Friday. See you all in the next one.